1: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: Hello everybody, it's Rob here. Just to let you know that this episode of the Euro Trip was recorded before we found out the hosts for Eurovision 2023. So we will not be discussing them in this episode, but of course we will bring you all the best coverage to the announcement on the podcast very shortly. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, enjoy today's episode because, don't forget, Laureen joins us. So, I hope you enjoy today's episode of the Eurotrip.
3: When you aren't listening, find us on social media, at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
2: This episode of the Eurotrip is proudly sponsored by Six On Stage, your online guide to everyone who's ever taken part in the Eurovision Song Contest.
4: As well as the stars we know and love, Six on Stage celebrates the people behind the scenes and especially the unsung heroes of the Eurovision stage, the backing performers. Whether you're looking for Dorados' dancing doppelgangers, ABBA's extra musicians or who was on Paul Oscar's couch, Six on Stage has the answer.
2: And the best part, it's free. So the next time you're watching the 2008 contest and thinking, is that Hera Bjork doing backing vocals for Iceland? Head to sixonstage.com and find out. And yes, yes it is. As jan always said, take it away. For me, Eurovision is much more than just a job, but it's part of me.
4: Janis, let me say, we were your first ever Eurovision interview way
2: back in January. Uh, (laughs) I remember! remember. So Gisli Valtorsson, Iceland's commentator, welcome to the EuroTrip.
5: Thank you very much and thank you
3: for the EuroTrip. I've been listening to you.
2: Being
4: face-to-face, yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) I
3: was going to say, your beautiful
6: face. (laughs) I was like, But it is
4: beautiful as well,
6: though. We were talking on the phone.
4: Yes. you want to have a hug? Yes,
2: please. Yeah, that would be great. Cornelia Jacobs, congratulations.
1: Thank you. Give
4: me a hug. Hi there. My name is Martin Österdal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And for the second time this week, yes, we are treating you. Loreen
2: is on the podcast. We have always wanted to say the sentence, phrase, whatever you want to call it, Loreen is on the Euro trip. And Loreen is on the Euro trip today. You may have heard part of my conversation with her on Malfest Monday. But fear not, everybody, we are bringing you the full conversation on today's podcast. So almost 15 whole minutes of me and Lorene on the way as we look ahead to her return to Melody Festival and this weekend. She's going to tell you why she's back, what the song sounds like. Uh,
4: there's a little bit of a mention of the one and only Krista Bjorkman as well. So much to take away from this
2: chat. Yeah, he's never too far away, is he? He's never too far away. What's that sentence for that? What's that saying about rats in London? It's the same with Krista and Melfast, isn't it? (laughs) In the nicest possible way. Anyway, we are also staying up north, as far as Europe's concerned anyway. James, because we are also chatting Songva Kepnin on this week's episode. Indeed we are, yeah. The first semi-final took place at the
4: weekend. Two artists qualified to the final. And this coming weekend, semi-final two, uh, one of the artists is Christine Cecilia. Uh, She'll be joining us. a chat telling us
2: all about her song for the competition and we will be hearing more about Lazara's song for France of course at the weekend we had the big reveal évidemment revealed to the public it's had a very positive reaction out there people are saying could we be heading to Paris for 2024 well we've got Thomas from the Duzepois podcast back on and he gives us his thoughts and we'll be hearing a little bit from Lazara herself as well so we've got all that and more to come. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts
4: and Spotify. This is the Euro Trip.
2: So this is the episode where we finally can say it. Lorene is on the Euro Trip, James. It's actually happening.
4: It seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Nice to have that little tease on Monday. It sort of eased us in. I feel like we needed that little snippet just to say, look, it's definitely
2: going to happen. Give us a couple more d- days to breathe and then we get the full chat today. Yeah, I've been sitting on this for a few days now and I've just been wanting to get it out there. I've been wanting for everybody to hear this conversation that we had, because as we've already teased in the in the opener there, she is very open about the song, what type of song we can expect, what it means to her to be competing in Melfest again this year. And also I ask her about the pressure of returning, because of course, as we know, she returned in 2017. That didn't go that well. But people always come back to Euphoria, a song that it is basically impossible to try and follow up at Eurovision, so we'll see how she gets on on Saturday, but that conversation on the way, and before we hear that conversation, we'll be joined by a friend of the podcast who we have not heard for a little while, but very nice to get her back on the Euro trip.
4: Yeah, very excited to hear from Lorene. Of course, uh, we want to hear what you've got to say as well. It's the first time Lorene's been on the podcast. We're going to have to remind you about that. Lorene is on the podcast. We want to know what you think about it. Uh, get in touch with us at Eurotip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and hello at com on the email for all of your Lorene thoughts.
2: I'm fearful that the more we tease Lorene, the more people are just going to scroll ahead and just listen to Lorene and not listen to the rest (laughs) of it. So do stay there, everybody, because if you scroll forward, you wouldn't get the joys of me and you returning to a conversation we had on last week's podcast about mulled wine James, you shocked me when we were in Prague because you said you'd never tried mulled wine. And I brought this up on the podcast last week. It turns out that everyone is very much in Camp James because everyone's less appalled that you've never tried it and more saying well done for never trying it because it's horrible. Yeah. Does that make you feel slightly better about it? I've felt quite comfortable in myself already, to be perfectly honest with you. I just thought,
4: why is he making such a big deal about it? Surely somebody's on my side. And yes, thank you. I I saw a couple of you get in touch on Twitter, I think. Forgive me, I I can't remember who uh, it was who got in touch, but said, yeah, I'm with James, it tastes horrible. Fair play to you for never having it.
2: Yeah, Jamie got in touch, I think, on Twitter to say, yeah, it's awful. And also Simon got in touch on Instagram. He sent us a message. Hi, guys. Great podcast as always. James, you're not missing out on mulled wine. It's the devil's wee. There you go. Perfect. I couldn't have put it better myself. I don't know, actually. I've never had it.
4: Imagine if I do have it and I'd thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. It's just it's just warm red wine, isn't it?
2: Is it? Yeah, warm red wine with sometimes a bit of an orange lobbed in there. Okay. Uh, have you ever had, well, I can only assume not because you've not had mulled wine. Have you ever had mulled cider? No, I, I have not. <laughs> just... That's nice. That's nice. But the one problem with mulled cider, and anyone that's had mulled cider will know this. Oh my goodness, that thing is sticky. Right, okay. You get that anywhere near your persons, and that's (laughs) staying there for a long time. Very, very sticky. Uh,
4: Let's try and naturally segue this onto a Eurovision conversation. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it. So, uh, there was a conversation, actually, we had uh, over the last couple of weeks where we were talking about artists who represented more than one country at the contest Uh, and we had somebody get in touch uh, via email who suggested Anne-Marie David had represented
2: uh, Luxembourg and France. The, The other one that we volunteered ourselves wasn't it was Feminem who represented Croatia and Bosnia and Herzegovina at the contest because they were a one second song a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. And
4: then we got a wonderful email that uh, just answered all of our questions, didn't it? From Will, who is from our sponsor, Six On Stage, who said he was listening to the podcast and he knew there was a few more people who represented more than one country. Uh, So he thought he'd put a list together, uh, which there are 19 people total, so I'll not read you the full list uh, I'm sure if you want to know it, maybe get in touch with Will from Six on Stage, you might be able to send it
2: pick, to you Pick the highlights, pick the highlights, go on
4: uh, So I particularly enjoyed uh, Doris Dragovic, you'll know her from Croatia 1999 uh, Maria Magdalena. That one. That's the one. Did we need the rendition? I don't know. <laughs> uh, had also represented Yugoslavia 13 years earlier uh, in 1986. Uh, who else uh, have we got on that list? We've got. Let's pick Michelle Tor, uh, who represented Luxembourg. Another vote for Luxembourg, 1980, uh, 1966, and then Monaco, 1977, and then to continue the Monaco theme, uh, Teresa Casavilla. Uh, represented Monaco in '66 and then Yugoslavia in '72. Uh, so yeah, there's 19 artists uh, on that entire list. <laughs>
2: It is now time, you know this, for the very latest news from the world of Eurovision. James, not many weeks left now for countries to get their song and artist for Eurovision 2023. There are some countries, I was going to say there are some countries we've heard nothing of at the time of recording this. By that, I literally mean the United Kingdom. I think we have heard from everybody else at this point now.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, are they the only country who hasn't said a word? I think they might be. trying to think. Any other internal selections? No, I think everybody else has said something.
2: Don't yeah. so? I think the I think the closest we got to hearing anything about the UK was in your conversation with Andrew Cartnell, just before Christmas.
4: Just before Christmas, yeah. And he de- he didn't give much away there either, did he? So yeah, I feel like it's on the horizon. I feel like it is just
2: around the corner. Yeah, some uh, some very highly rumoured names. <laughs> I think you know which ones are <laughs> by the sounds of it in the frame for representing the UK. Me and James haven't got a clue. So we'll find out at the same time as you will. And of course, we'll bring you all the best coverage when it happens here on the Euro trip. James, shall I get into it? Yes, please. Yeah, get us up to speed with everything that's been happening. Okay, well, at the time that you're listening to this, we will know already who is representing Australia at Eurovision this year. Now, the broadcaster SBS shocked fans on Monday night by announcing that the act would be revealed on Tuesday with the song premiering on the official Eurovision YouTube channel. Unfortunately, though, that news hasn't come early enough for us to know who it is for sure on this week's podcast. So you know more than we do. But we'll have reaction next week. Maybe. Very exciting. But yeah, that was some hilarious Eurovision news that Australia just sort of dropped. They didn't say a single word about their act and then they were like, oh, by the way, we're announcing it tomorrow. So yeah, by the time you listen to this, we will know who is heading to Liverpool for Australia. If we go back a bit to last weekend now, and we saw another act selected for Liverpool, Monika Lingskaita will defend the Lithuanian colours at the forthcoming 2023 Eurovision Song Contest with her song Stay. Now, she previously represented Lithuania as part of a duo in 2015. Here's a quick blast of her song. Just Moving on to France then, and we finally got to hear Lazara's entry, Evidemment, and we'll have more on that very, very shortly. In Sweden, we had the third heat of Melody Festivalen. Marcus and Martinez and Paul Ray qualified directly to the final, while Melanie Weber and Nordman advanced to the semi-final. Of course, we'll be looking ahead to that semi-final and reacting to everything that happens in Heat 4, including Lorene. On Mouthwest Monday next week. In Iceland, Songva Ketnin, of course, we had our first two direct qualifiers for the final. Braggy and Dilja qualified directly for the final. The rest of the artists, so five in each semi final, so the other three, will have to wait and see if they get a jury wildcard to the final. And we'll hear more from one of the acts competing in this week's second semi final with James very shortly. Remo Fora, the winner of The Voice of Switzerland in 2020, will represent them at the contest in 2023. His song will be released on the 7th of March. And then we get to this week. Now, of course, we've got semi-finals happening in San Marino during the week. And then by the time we get to the weekend on Saturday, we have the fourth and final heat of Melody Festivalen. We have the second semi-final, as I already mentioned, in Iceland. We have the final. In Finland, UMK is finally taking place. Of course, highly anticipated. James spoke to the Portion Boys, one of the competitors on last week's episode. We'll also have the final in San Marino. That includes Alfia Curie, former Australian Decides artist. Could also feature Renella from Albania 2022. And the dance pop band Eiffel 65 could be in there as well, which is very exciting. And we'll also have the first semifinal in Portugal. And then on Sunday, we will have the final of Poland's selection for the Eurovision Song Contest. You know, there's two things I want to pick up
4: There is that, first of all, I am very excited for UMK this coming weekend. It looks like it's going to be such a strong show. But then also, you mentioned San Marino. The broadcaster over there must have the strongest casting team I've ever seen from any TV production that's ever been made. How on earth did they get artists from practically every corner of the globe to take part in that competition?
2: Is it that, or is there no filtering process? And anyone that shows (laughs) any interest just gets a go? Well, what is it, 106 semi-finalists, was it? I mean... Is that what we try and aim for next year? So, of course, this year we were co-hosting ESCZ. Next year, our Eurovision New Year's resolution for 2024, do we attempt to get an audition in San Marino? <laughs> Is that what we try and do next year?
4: I thought you were going to say join the casting team, see how they fill the artists oh, but you no, want to submit that. something.
2: We're above that. We're talent, me and you. <laughs> I'll
4: leave that one to you. Don't egg us on.
2: Okay, I'll do my best. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll see what I can. I'll reach out to our San Marinese colleagues. (laughs) We should talk about France a little bit. We're talking about Song of the Kepnin and Melody Festival and later on in today's episode. But of course, the highly anticipated French entry for Eurovision 2023 was revealed on Sunday. It is sung by Lazara, who herself is a highly respected and highly anticipated artist. People were very excited when they found out that she was representing France at the contest this year. Well, the reaction to Evidimo, which I really enjoy saying, and I'm still not sure whether I'm saying it exactly correctly, but the reaction has been very positive, to say the least. Some people even talking of Paris 2024. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? We will see. But I thought, of course, if we're talking France, we have got to get Thomas from the 12 Point podcast back on to find out what the French reaction has been like to Lazara's entry and also find out what he thinks about the song. And also, Thomas has been wonderful here because he's also given us a little bit of his interview with Lazara herself. So here's what Thomas sent us earlier in the week. Here's his reaction. Here's the reaction in France and also a little bit of Lazara as well.
6: Hi guys, this is Thomas from Douce Point in Paris here. How can I say that I can leave the repeat mode on my iPhone of this song Evidemment by Lazara. To be honest, it's the first time I think that for 10 years in a row, everybody here is proud of the song of France in France. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's very unbelievable. To be honest, we, we are so happy. We are so happy. We are like flying. And if she doesn't win, it not matter, actually. It's, it's like we already win with this song. Everyone wants to dance on it. Everyone enjoys the style of Lazara, her voice. We can't wait to see her live. Uh, to, to, it, it, it's kind of unbelievable for us. Well, we had the chance here with Douce Point, uh, our podcast, our French podcast, to hear the song uh, on Friday with the press. And at the end, everyone stood up. So this was the first sign of the bop it is. OK, if I may, guys, I would like to share with you the first reaction of Lazara right after uh, re- releasing the, the title Évidemment. And I've asked her how she felt right now.
5: My God, Well, I moved. It
6: makes me happy. It's a like a childbirth. It was tough at some but point. But now I feel very serene. I thought the weight of this <laughs> child <laughs> <laughs> should have been five kilos, but it's eight. <laughs> so this childbirth was very difficult. But I'm very
5: proud. And Et see your reaction Dieu, today ça m'a, ça m'a, reassures me because you can't be confident enough
6: about what you're doing, mm-hmm. but, je, je, but je now i'm I'm saying that like, okay, I'm je not crazy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> c'est, c'est un,
6: c'est this is a very chanson, great c'est song, c'est this is a living song, and contagious, and it was made for your revision. Well, guys, thanks again for having me in the Eurotrip podcast. Uh, this was Thomas from Douze Point the podcast, this French podcast.
4: And I hope we could see each other in a few months right now. Bye-bye. Nice to get a bit of French reaction there. I, I couldn't tell if it was going to say France reaction or French reaction. So I think I've created a new word there, French reaction. Sounds a little bit Dutch, doesn't it? does a bit. Does that mean, by the way, that Lazara is now the first artist of 2023 we've had on the podcast? I, I haven't got a spreadsheet or anything. Have we spoken to anybody yet? I know we didn't speak
2: to her, but I mean, technically. Technically, we've spoken to Vesna from the Czech Republic True. already. That was before we knew they were representing the Czech Republic. So Does that count? I don't know. I don't know. I
4: wish I hadn't brought it up because now we're just going to sit here and ponder that when we could be getting to uh, Lorreen, She's on the way, by the way. So what you didn't hear there was the two minutes of silence while Rob and I just scrolled back through the podcast feed just to double-check. And no, we, we, we haven't. We did speak to Gustav before uh, the Belgian national final and, of course, Vesna, as we just said, before the Czech national final. But no, no 2023 artists since they've been picked.
2: Effectively, what we've learned there is if me and James talked to them before the national final, Undoubtedly, they will win their national final and get the <laughs> country at Eurovision. So, therefore, you can expect Portion Boys to win UMK because we spoke to them last week, and you can expect James. Who are you speaking to in a sec? Kristen Cecilia from from Iceland. Yeah,
4: place your bet on her before the weekend
2: is out. <laughs> <laughs> so she's on the way, James. I want to talk to you about the stupid things that you've done for the Eurovision Song Contest because us having Loreen on the podcast this week has reminded me of, and I'm not sure whether I've said this story in the podcast before, I feel like I have, but uh, the stupid thing I did when Loreen won Eurovision in 2012. Now, as a reminder for you and everybody listening, who may not have heard this story, I was in university halls at the time, and at the point at which she won, I ran down the corridor in my university halls to tell everyone, of course, because they were surely on the edge of their seat who's just won the Eurovision Song <laughs> Contest so I ran down the corridor and didn't realize that I was taller than the door frame which is surprising given by that point I'd lived there for about nine months and knocked myself out just ran straight into the door frame <laughs> forehead hits the top of the door frame and I just then end up flat out because I'd knocked myself out I ended up with quite a severe concussion and an A&E the following day oh so you were probably conked out then Properly conked out, yeah. And no one noticed either. I eventually came to just by myself in the middle of the corridor. But yeah, this has got me thinking. This is what we want to hear from everyone listening on the podcast this week. What are the stupid things you've done, either for Eurovision or as a result of the Eurovision Song Contest? Because I also electrocuted myself during the grand final of Eurovision in 2017 because we were in our house share and we invited loads of friends over but then didn't realise that the aerial that we had, which was one of those that just sits on the top of the TV therefore wouldn't work properly if the room was crowded with people. Uh, So what I then had to do is we had to move the TV so it was balanced on the draining board in the kitchen. And then I put the aerial outside on a stool, but then it started to rain. And obviously, as we all know now, water and electricity doesn't go that well. And I got electrocuted, I think, just minutes before Lucy Jones took to the stage for the United Kingdom. So two stupid things that I've done for Eurovision. I don't think I've got anything... As stupid. Well, nearly
4: killing myself twice, <laughs> as you did, Bob. But I do remember, for the podcast, so I go to lengths to the podcast, don't you worry.
2: Oh, me and you both.
4: Yeah, I skipped a university assignment for an interview for the podcast. Who <laughs> 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 With? It was with, and I can't remember what his role was. Was he head of show in 2021, Gerben Backer. Do you remember him? oh good. yeah big Gerbs the best thing yeah. about it is he didn't even turn up for the interview <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: for goodness sake yeah no I remember this now yeah so there we go then the stupid things that Eurovision has made you do all the stupid things you've done for Eurovision I feel like it kind of means the same thing get in touch with us at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram hello at Eurotrip Podcast on the email and yeah we'd love to hear your stories
3: you're listening to The Eurotrip,
0: your favourite Eurovision podcast.
3: When you aren't listening, find us on social media
5: at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
4: Warming you up for the Eurovision
5: Song Contest.
4: Rest assured, Lorene is still on the way, don't you worry. It'll be coming up in about. 10, 15 minutes. So oh, I've just told you, you're all going to scrub through this part of the podcast. Please stay for this bit. It's a really lovely interview. Uh, we've got a special guest as well who'll be joining us as we chat with Lorene. Uh, But now... Let 's bring you a chat with somebody from Iceland. Their name is Kristen Cecilia. Now they are going to be taking part in the second semi final of Song for Kepnen that takes place this coming weekend, as we mentioned before. The first semi final was on on Saturday night. Uh, there was five artists on stage, two of them qualified to the final. There's going to be another two joining them, and one of the hopefuls, as I say, is Kristen. Now she is an Icelandic singer songwriter. Uh, her song for this year is called Terrified. Well, that's the English version anyway. Uh, the rules in, in Iceland mean you've got to sing in Icelandic for the semi final. Then you have a choice for the final, if you make it, to change it into English or not. I will put that question to Kristen. She'll tell us a little bit more about her, about the songwriting process, uh, who she wrote the song with somebody who you may have seen in another national final this year. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but this is the conversation I had with Kristen a little bit earlier this week. And I started off by asking her if the nerves are starting to grow ahead of her appearance in the competition this coming weekend.
5: Yeah, they are. But I'm also really excited. I went to see the semifinals last saturday and i was like front row and i could see everything happening and that was really fun and made me just like super excited
4: is that the first time you've ever been to a Song songbook in live show have you been before
5: no not at all my mom used to work for the national like broadcasting service um so when i was a kid i would always go and um like watch it and yeah meet everyone and, yeah
4: I love chatting to people from Iceland, especially when we get to talk about Eurovision, because I don't think some people quite understand how much Iceland loves the Eurovision Song Contest. I think there was a stat from a couple of years ago where I think 99% of the entire population was watching Eurovision one year. It's huge in the country, isn't it?
5: It is, yeah. It's like everything revolves around this now. Like every Saturday night, all the ads are like, oh, do you have your snacks ready for tonight? And like, everybody's super every, yeah everyone's super excited for it and then even if uh, my like sort of feeling is that even if their song the one that they are rooting for it doesn't make it to your vision we still are like okay whatever it doesn't matter i'm still supporting iceland and yeah
4: what are the perfect snacks for a, a, a night in iceland watching song the <laughs> captain?
5: i like to make this dip in icelandic it's called ella which means lizard Right, And it's just like, it's cream cheese, taco sauce, and just like cheese, uh, shredded cheese. And then you put it in the oven and then you dip it with some like orange Doritos and some Pepsi Max and just, yeah, that's a classic, I would say.
4: Wow. It's three o'clock on a Monday afternoon as we're chatting and I'm getting hungry already. <laughs> uh, let's talk about you a little bit more. Um, give us an idea how long you've been involved in music. When, what's the, uh, when was the first time you picked up an instrument or started to sing
5: into a microphone? I started, I think I took like piano lessons when I was 10 for one year and got a, like a keyboard for my birthday. And then after a year, I was like not really feeling it. I asked my mom mom if I could um, learn the guitar so I did for one semester I did guitar lessons and I really hated them because it was like classical guitar music and I was like this is not I don't listen to this music I don't like this music and I'm pretty bad at it too I mean it was my like first months of trying it so then I just started going on YouTube and learning it and then I was 12 and then I sort of when I learned chords I was like oh okay I can write songs now and started doing that so around 12 that's when i've been um writing and performing
4: and then we we fast forward to to now 2023 or maybe it was 2022 because i want to talk about your song um take me back to the moment when you start to to write the the first words or the melody take us back to the writing process
5: yeah um i had been wanting to send in a song for the competition and I had one that I had written in a writing camp that I was like, okay, I'll send this one in, but I also want to try something else. So then I reached out to Vettle, who's a producer I've worked with a lot. And then uh, Tiril baseland, um, who I met in a writing camp. I don't know if people know, but she was competing in the Norwegian uh, national uh, finals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we decided to, we scheduled like studio time. And got in the studio with the intention of writing a Eurovision song for me. And then we just, me and Tiril started, or Vettel had some sort of, he had that little ambient noise that's in the beginning of the song. And me and Tiril just freestyled some melodies into a microphone. And Vettel was whistling some of them because he can't sing, so he whistles. (laughs) Um, And we, yeah, like put that together. While Vettel was working on the production, me and Tiril started working on the lyrics. And yeah, I think the first lyric we wrote was the, remember driving and the cold, keeping each other warm, like the first sentence. We really wanted it to be like, to grab people's attention right away. Tidl came up with the idea of terrified. And then we were just like talking about what I was going through and what I was experiencing. And, and that's how it happened.
4: What's really interesting is you were talking about the lyrics there and of writing them in English, but you've released the song in English and in Icelandic. So the English lyrics came first and then you've got to translate them into Icelandic. What's that process like? Because obviously the words don't always sort of match the melody.
5: No, not at all. Um, So in Iceland, for the first semi-final round, you have to have it in Icelandic. Um, You can choose if you want it to. If you make it to the final, you can choose what language you want. So, I mean, obviously... In region, and I'm Icelandic, so it wouldn't make sense for us to write a song in Icelandic. I also just, um, all the music I've released is in English. I always write in English, so that was like the natural thing. Um, but then translating it was actually like really hard, and I was doing it the night before the deadline.
4: <laughs> really?
5: So I was putting it off, and I was sending in two songs, so I had to like translate those two songs, and then I did it and it was like really frustrating and but kind of fun at the same time and then I sent it in and when it got accepted I like changed it a lot like it was called it was called "Oktafit," which is more of a translation of terrified. Oktafitt means wilderness so I had to sort of change the melody and yeah that was that was an interesting process. My mom helped me um, so she's credited as a songwriter
4: is that the first time she's ever been credited on music before? Has she written music before? Yeah. Ever?
5: Uh, no, not at all. She, like, when she was in high school, she, like, wrote some poetry that got published, but, like, very little, and she's very, like, very humble about it. Like, oh, God, it's horrible. But, I like, I discovered it the other day, and I was like, ooh, this is kind of good. Like, good job, <laughs> Mom. But um, <laughs> first time on music, yeah.
4: What has the reaction been like since you you released these? I was um, scrolling on the the YouTube comments, which is sometimes a, a risky place to look because of some of the negativity yeah. a lot of people get. But the the overwhelming comments were all positive. People saying Iceland, you've got to send this to Eurovision. When you read comments yeah. like that, how how does that make you
5: feel? It's really good, or like it's really good for my ego. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the whole thing is. Really like an emotional roller co- roller coaster. The initial or uh, reaction you like get a lot of good, and then you get don't get that much, and then somebody's getting more attention than you or, whatever. But like all the positive feedback is like so cool. I yeah, it's just like an honor to have people listen to my music. It's really really special, and just like hear the people resonate with the lyrics is really like special to me
4: now i know we've obviously got the semi-final at the weekend to get through first and so it sounds like i'm getting a bit ahead of myself but we were talking <laughs> about the the lyrics before the english and the icelandic have you thought <laughs> about whether you would do the english version in in the final if you were to get that far
5: um i think i would probably do the english version um <laughs> eurovision fans are like you need to do the icelandic version like that's they love to hear the icelandic or like the native language of songs but for me like music is about my sort of expression and expressing myself in a way that other people can relate to me and therefore feel seen and it wouldn't make sense for me to I mean if I were to go to Eurovision to have a song that like only 360,000 people which is not only that's a lot of people <laughs> but like only them would be able to understand the lyrics, and also just in terms of my career, like I, I plan to release music in English, so it would be a bit weird. But yeah,
4: what would it mean then? Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Rule with me, please. <laughs> if you were to get through the semi final, get to the final, uh, and win, what would what would that feel like? Have you have you given yourself a moment to think about that yet, or you're still just so focused on the semi final?
5: Um, I'm trying to think of it and imagine the moment to manifest it. Um, But it would be like, it would be too insane for this like world. It would be like, that's crazy that that would happen to me. That's, it would just feel, it would feel very, very, very surreal. But then also like, really gratifying. And yeah, just really, really good, really fun.
4: Really, really good and really fun. Yeah, sounds good to me. That, <laughs> I couldn't put it any better myself. Uh, Kristen, it's been great to chat. I wish you the very best of luck for Sangha Captain this coming weekend.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening.
2: So this is indeed the Euro trip, and it is very nearly the moment you've all been waiting for. James, lovely chat there with Kristen from Iceland. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really excited to, to see her
4: on stage this coming weekend. Uh, really, really enjoy her song. It'll be interesting to hear it in Icelandic. And then, yeah, if she qualifies, she's going to be changing it to English. Very interested to see how that pans out.
2: I love that song, Captain Rule. Like, you can... Sing it in Icelandic, obviously, in the semifinals, and then you get to choose mm. whether you keep it in Icelandic or sing in English in the final. It's a, it's an off-the-wall rule, but I enjoy it very much. And Song of always brings us something very different every single year, so excited to see what we get in 2023. But, James, the moment is here. Lorene is coming on the podcast, and we couldn't just do it alone. No, we couldn't. We'd have to get, as I think
4: I billed her in about November or December of last year... Uh, our favourite Swede. Bella Christ, welcome.
7: Oh, thank you so much for having me. That's the sweetest intro. I feel bad that I'm keeping everyone from hearing Lorreen. but uh, I'm so glad to be on the show with you guys.
2: <laughs> Bella, we had to we had to get you on. We had to cross to Sweden just to get the, the full level of excitement because of course we are now in, in the week of Lorreen reappearing at Melody Festival. And But for anyone that hasn't heard you on the podcast before, I mean, what have they been doing? Because Let's be honest, you've been on a lot because we love having you on, but you are Swedish Eurovision expert, uh, commentator at Melody and the English language commentator for the Mail Fest final, and I believe, before we get to Lorreen, you've got a very exciting announcement to make about that.
7: I do, yes, I can finally reveal, although it may be no big surprise to anyone, but that, that Olivia and I will be back doing the English live commentary of Melodifestivalen for the final. Uh, so Yes. Very, very excited to be back doing that in the disco booth with everyone tuning in from around the world. So yes, make sure you tune in, you pick the, if, if you want, pick the English commentary um, version of the stream for the final and you'll hear me and Olivia um, guiding you through all that um, glittery fabulousness of, of Melfest.
4: So you'll have one of the best seats in the house again, won't you? Your little commentary box was like almost on the stage last year, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it
7: was pretty near and I feel like the whole box was like bouncing nearer to the stage with every song it was like (laughs) vibrating so much from like all the fireworks and everything going off oh my god I can't wait to be back in there it's just the best
4: I feel like this question might be like trying to ask somebody which one is their favorite child but are you are you looking forward more to commentating on Melfest or seeing Lorene this weekend
7: Oh, my goodness. I mean, that is, it's an impossible choice, right? Uh, yes, I'm going to Malmö to, uh, as a guest, just like, you know, to as an audience member, rather, to, uh, to see the to see Lorraine and all the others for Heat 4. And I'm so excited, uh, especially after hearing the interview we're about to hear. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Lorraine is... Ah, I can't wait.
2: See, Bella, this is why we get you on. Great tease. <laughs> I promise you we'll get to the interview shortly. Stay there. But one thing that I ask her about and you'll hear shortly is the pressure of returning to Melody Festival and it's understandable that that pressure is there because of course the last time she returned to Melfest after winning Eurovision, she returned in 2017, it didn't entirely go to plan.
7: No, it didn't. Um, she didn't make the final. Um, I, like, I still loved the song but yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't what people wanted that uh, year. So it would be really interesting to see what way this goes. But then, of course, she also says that for her, it's not about winning, believe it or not. Um, I don't want to give too much away now, but she she really focuses on the love of of Eurovision, which we'll hear shortly. Uh, I just think that she embodies um, everything that Eurovision is and she really gets it. And I think that's why she's so loved as well. Um, that she just, you know, she has this energy about her that is just... Everything that your original stands for, I think that like love and warmth and you know, welcoming. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see all that live as well in the arena.
4: I feel like we're gonna have to get to it now because Bella seems to just be giving it all away <laughs> clearly, clearly, understandably, because it's just so exciting that first of all, she's back in Belfast and that she's 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 on the podcast, Rob. But quickly before we hear it, Rob, how excited, nervous
2: were you while you were sitting at your desk waiting for it to pop up on on the Zoom? I've never been more on edge for a Zoom call. And then I looked on the list of participants and I just saw it popped up, Lorene iPhone. (laughs) Terrifying, (laughs) honestly terrifying. And that that comes across in this interview because as James has already pointed out, because he's also already heard this interview, and as you are about to hear, I think I start every single question with Lorene's name. Because I was just... (laughs) Just slightly on edge talking to her, but it Just was... Just making it feel real, eh, Rob? Exactly, exactly. And that's exactly how we start this interview. So let's get to it. Here is everything you need to know about Loreen's participation in Melfest, about the song, This Is What Happened When We Caught Up. Loreen, welcome to the Eurotrip. It's a sentence I have always wanted to say. Welcome.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: Lorreen, the first question I have to ask you is why are we having this conversation now? Obviously, we're having it because you're back in Melody Festival in this year. But why?
3: Why? Why? <laughs> no, um, why? Why Melody Festival and again? Well, let me start by saying it's the song. I fell in love with the song. So that's where I started. So this was before we even thought of us, not of Festival and you know it wasn't even in the there was no there was no um no we didn't we i didn't know about that i just I just heard a song, and so, yeah, I fell in love with the song, that's one of the reasons why, yeah, I just feel like we just need to cherish these forms that have that spread so much love, you know it's so important,
2: Lorraine, I've got to ask you about you and Eurovision, you and your relationship with Eurovision and Melody Festival, and do you feel any pressure because people see you as, people especially around my age see you as the queen of Eurovision, we remember that night in Baku back in 2012, you are the queen of Eurovision for so many people is that is that pressure or do you just embrace that?
3: No I just embrace that, so oh, that's love, you know I've always wanted to be called a queen <laughs> Queen Marie, well, I'm gonna start calling. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell all my friends to call me Queen Marie from now on. Like I, y'all guys, I'm Queen Marie. <laughs> Do I feel pressure? Um, no, because I feel like my, my way of thinking is like everything has its time, and Euphoria was perfect for that time, and now things have happened, life, and everything, and so this is like a new chapter in many ways. Um, so with that said, that, uh. I don't feel pressure of winning. That's not really important to me. Even though uh, it sounds great, but it really isn't. The most important thing is for me is not to compromise on my performance and my creativity. You know, to, you know, to have, because uh, I do have a vision and I have an idea of what I want to do. And uh, the most important thing is to to not compromise. So that you know, and. Um, Totally stay true to ourselves. So, if we look at pressure, then the pressure is within that. Like, I feel pressure to keep it, you know, according to my heart. And, you know, and I get too influenced by things around me. That's so that's where the pressure is at, you know.
2: Lorraine, naturally, I want to spend so much time trying to find out about your song that people are going to hear in Melfest this year. And you're going to tell me there's not a lot you can tell me, but we'll get to that shortly. Lorene, it's it's 11 years since euphoria 11 years can you believe it's 11 years
3: time has moved so fast so the answer to that is no it just felt like it was yesterday like it. it's crazy how fast time is moving and it's also because um just so the soviets it's always there in everything that i do like it with my performance there and like you know it's like so yeah um, no, I can't believe it's 11 years, but it's been 11 years, so, <laughs> but it feels a bit surreal, to be honest. Like, yeah. 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 But time is really moving fast. I don't know if it's an age thing or whatever it is. God
2: <laughs> I was reading about before you competed in Melody Festival and in Eurovision, is it right that you, you didn't have a TV? You didn't know much about Melo or Eurovision at all?
3: That's right. The thing is, many people don't know that, that the years before, um, actually my heart is diffusing me, but also euphoria, I lived, I basically lived a very simple life, purposely, you know, and so, and call let's call it a spiritual hippie type of life, you know, so you can really see that in the performance of euphoria, when being barefoot and everything, it was just a reflection of the time, that of that era in my life. So no, I did not have a television. I did not know about Eurovision or the Maladie Festival. Like seriously, and still today I don't know anything about the rules. That's true. So when I won in in Baku, I didn't understand that I had one. I thought because I whispered to Trista Bjorkman, my my main man. So and I was like, so are people gonna vote now or you know so you know and he was like are you crazy just one get up on we'll stage i'm like oh god <laughs> and so still today i'm not so interested in the rules and stuff like that but the only interest i have is as a creator is to create something that makes me feel something and makes you feel something that's my main focus maybe i have uh what is it called like um adhd or add or i don't know like it's because I can only focus on one thing at a time.
2: (laughs) You you mentioned Krista Bjorkman there, someone who we've spoken to many times on this podcast. Yeah. Do you still have Krista in your life? He obviously played a large part in your role, such a big part in your life back then. Is he still someone who who you speak to and interact with?
3: Yeah. Really. So, for instance, making when when before before making this decision, we had, you know we had some contact like you know we've always like had a contact you know because he's very special to me and i i hope i'm i'm special to him so we have this really unique connection um so he was he was very much involved in the decision of being in this and looking at pros and cons and you're just like you know in that conversation so so and I love having him there because you know he's very intuitive, you know, and he's very honest also, and like you know, so it's it's nice to have people like that around you that also has this this love for the Melfest like myself, you know he really is. I really like him because you know, and I, I like the whole community because I've said this before, uh it just it just uh, allows people that are different to have you know to, to to be able to be you know we don't have that many forums you know there are these rules and regulations this is actually the only forum big forum that is inclusive and, and diverse allows you to be whoever you want to be it's okay you know as long as it's like it comes from a loving space then welcome
2: what did what did he say when you gave him a call or he called you and you told him, this is something I'm thinking about for 2023.
3: Yeah. You know, we, you know, he already knew before I even, you know, I remember that he's like, I already know what you can ask me. That's what he said. We were texting each other. And he's like, and the answer is yes. Absolutely. Yes. So he's, he's very like determined and, and I trust him very much. And, uh, it's when do you finally get to hear the song? It's like, you know, we have a similar taste also. So he, he, he really like the song, you know. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. So that's what he said. He's like, definitely, yes. I already know what you talk, talking, what, what you want to say, what you're going to ask me. That's what, That was one of the first things that he told me.
2: I know that we don't have too much time left together. So I want to talk to you about the song because that's what people are listening to this about. People want to know... What is that song like? There are a very select group of people who have already heard the song. We know people out there will have heard the song. They've said some very exciting things about it. You said at the start of this interview that you wouldn't be back if it wasn't for the song. So what was it like producing the song, working on this project, and the first time you heard Tattoo?
3: The First time I heard that, so I remember it very clearly. I think it was around 10 o'clock in the evening. And so, um, and so, Gia uh, Son and the, the whole gang sent me a song. It's like, What do you think about this song? And I'm like, I have an intuition where I was like, You know, I just felt something even before I heard the song. I'm like, okay, I just feel like there something's gonna happen now. So, I, I press play, and uh, it wasn't. An, a very special feeling like it's almost like falling in love you know when you you just know and you know and at the same time i felt a bit of like oh my god uh uh, let's call it a fear because you know it's an excitement but it's also oh my god is this really happening again because somewhere i understood because they didn't mention them so i just understood that this is for this forum and i'm like oh my god God, it's so much energy that you need to create, you know, it's like, and, and so it was a fall in love, but you know, when you fall in love, you also have a bit of fear, like, oh, wait, oh, so, so, so that was the first step. And, but, you know, recording the song, because I, I knew it was mine. I know the song was for me. I just, it was, it has the, the marine things that I like and, you know, and the storage Lord and everything. So the recording process, the production process went like this fast, usually it does that when it's, when it's the match, it doesn't take, I think we took like one hour in the studio the first time we sang it, you know, I I heard the song I think two or three times and I knew it, see what I mean, it's like, it's like falling in love, like I just know the person, you know, so the whole process was really like just, it was just floating, but then again, um, as I always do, I have a song and then i have to make it mine and there are details that i think y'all guys are going to enjoy um in the song uh yeah certain spiritual energy that maybe will yeah make you um happy and joyful and maybe a little bit spiritual
2: laureen last couple of questions because i know you are very very busy what was it like you mentioned him before thomas Gison. what was it like working with thomas and the gang again the same songwriting team as euphoria and also kazia pierre working with you on this as well
3: yeah 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 i mean when it comes to Thomas guest and um, hit the bull's jump like we we've, we have a history together and uh what I really like about uh, about them is that they're not afraid are big voices. You see, if you look at what is trending, many times today is like eh, there are not so many songs that are written for big voices like Adele or like that. So and they feel comfortable in that zone. You you don't really find that many songwriters that know how to to create songs like that, and so. Uh, and so for the first time in a very long time, I remember coming into the studio, I was like, you know, and, the and using my whole spectrum. And he was like, so excited about that, where I've been in the studio or other times where they're like, oh my God, that's so much energy, you know, because it is, it's very powerful having somebody, you know, as an opera singer, like, you know, when you use the whole voice, you just hear a mix on Spotify and be like, oh, well, that's really soft and nice it doesn't really I don't get carried away here like you know but but you know just working with people that that can embrace that power can embrace that you know it's just so relieving and like it just feels so good and i remembered that oh my god i missed this
2: last question then this is what people want to know and i don't know how much you can tell me probably not very much at all what can people expect when they see you on that stage on february
3: the twenty fifth the unexpected <laughs> no, but uh I think what I can give you guys is that um gonna be it's gonna be the um powerful and it's gonna be very and it's gonna be diverse. And it's
2: going to be crazy. It's going to be a moment, Lorene, that's for sure. It's going to be a moment. Lorene, it has been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And can't wait to have you back when maybe you're a two-time Melfest and a two-time Eurovision winner. We'll see.
3: Oh, my God. I don't know. I hope you guys enjoy it, really. That's really what, what is important. I really do hope you guys enjoy it. I've missed you.
2: Thank you so much and thank you for coming on the Eurotrip.
3: Thank you, Rob.
4: Well, if you're listening, you might as well switch off now because there's nothing nothing going to beat any of that for, for the foreseeable here on the Eurotrip. Bella, can I come to you first? I know, Rob, you've had all the limelight with Lorene, so I'm going to bring Bella back in as she's still with us. What's your immediate reaction after hearing Rob's conversation with Lorene? Oh, I thought
7: it was such a lovely interview, and I'm More hype than ever, (laughs) obviously to hear the song is here. But also, as I was saying just before, like she really embodies Eurovision and she you know, she always brings it back to like the community, the fact that you can be yourself at Eurovision, that it's this big forum that you can that you can use for good. I feel like she really does that. She has this force and this energy that um that she just gets. And I, I love that about her. Um so yeah fantastic interview really great to to hear that
2: oh, well thank you very much now there is so much that I I've been wanting to talk to people about since I did the interview and obviously been sat on this interview for a few days now the the thing that I want to mention first is obviously what she told us about the song so mm. there's a few words that she said in there she said it's powerful it's spiritual it's diverse I don't even know what that means but it gets me excited
7: mm, absolutely yeah I've but I in a way, I have no idea what it's going to be like, but I also feel like I get it. Like, it, it's Loreen, right? It's, yeah, all those words really describe her really well.
4: I, I was going to say, what else can we say? Just the excitement levels are so high. Now we've heard her speak about the song. I think it's sort of just confirming us, to us now that it's actually real. Because I feel like up until this point, Lorreen coming back to Melfest just seemed so far away. Even when we, it was announced she was coming back, it just didn't feel like it was ever going to happen. Now, though, you know, it is really starting to feel like it's happening.
7: Yeah, and the, the, you know, what she said about the song as well, that it felt like falling in love. I mean, she's really building this hype, the way that she <laughs> was saying that, like, you know, that when she first heard it, it was, she had the same feelings as when you meet someone and you just know it's right, and they recorded it in an hour and all these things. Yeah, she's she's definitely building the hype, and I'm feeling it.
2: And you'll be able to read more about this on com. But I love the fact that Krista Bjorkman managed to get himself involved again. Like, he's never right? too far away from Melody Festival, <laughs> is he? The fact that he was there sort of advising Lorene, saying, yeah, you should go for it. Like, you know, I think mm-hmm. Lorene said he knew what I was going to say before I even said yeah. it. Like, the relationship yeah. that those two have, obviously, from from all, all the way back in 2012,
7: mm.
2: has built a foundation for what we're going to get on Saturday.
7: Yeah, that's really sweet as well, how she said about not really getting this like voting system and what that she hadn't understood that she'd won and she was like, Are people gonna vote now? And Grace was like, No, no, come on. Like and, and that's another point actually that I thought was interesting. because um, 'cause I've seen that performance so many times from Baku, and you know, there's this like this mystery to her and it's just beautiful, the whole performance. Um, and the way she was saying about how she was sort of in a how did she describe it? She had like a hippie vibe era going on and that that, re- that she really wanted to translate that onto stage. And I feel like I understood it more now, even, you know, the performance. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was super interesting. It'd be really see- interesting to see what of that sort of energy she carries on to this. Because she she has that sort of vibe that I feel like she's carried throughout all her performances, that spirituality and that, you know, uh, you can sense that it's important for her to do her own thing. Um, and I feel like that's that integrity is just um so important to who she is and her performance.
2: And James, we do have a few more details about what we can expect from from her on stage this weekend as well, don't we? Courtesy of Friend of the Podcast from Melopedia as well, Gustav Darlander.
4: Yeah, he put something out earlier in the week, didn't he, on Monday, saying that she's going to be alone on stage and there's going to be no backing vocalists, even off stage. by the sounds of things. So clearly, this is going to be a huge song. You know, you can't just go and stand on a melfa stage by yourself with no backing vocals if you can't sing a really
2: good quality song. Let us know what you thought of everything you've just heard at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email if you want. Hello at Podcast.com. You can watch Lorreen chatting to me over on our TikTok and over on Instagram as well. We'll be popping up some, some clips on there. I think we've covered it all off. I don't think we can say anymore until we actually see her on that Melody Festival and stage on Saturday. Bella, you're going to be there. Have the best time.
7: Thank you. I want to say as well, of course, I'm really excited for all the acts on Saturday. Like, I know, you know, I just want to put that out there. It's going to be an amazing heat. Like, you know, of course, Lorraine is returning. That is huge. But it's going to be um, all the acts. It's going to be amazing. And also, I don't know if you heard, but the interval act is going to be Karuala. I mean, so many queens on stage. I'm just beyond thrilled.
2: Bella, thank you so much for joining us on the Trip. It's been brilliant to have you. And I'm sure we'll catch up again soon.
7: Yeah, Thank you for having me.
3: When you aren't listening, find us on social media. @Eurotrer podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
4: Always great to have Bella on the podcast, isn't it? Uh, you described Loreen as the the queen of
2: Sweden or Melfest, what was it? The queen, queen of Sw- she was either the either the queen of Sweden Melfest or Eurovision one of, one of the 3.
4: Yeah. Queen Lorene. Uh, does that make. I think we can arguably call Bella, maybe, I don't know, the Princess of Sweden or the Princess of Melfast. I
2: feel like that's a good enough title, sure.
4: This is a big promotion. <laughs> From my favourite Swede to uh, Princess. I was thinking
2: about, yeah, when you called her our favourite Swede and now you're granting a royal status. <laughs>
4: I'm going to stick by it. I'm going to stick by it. Um, We've got the one second song to bring you before we wrap up today's episode. Uh, Point situation, by the way. I've done my research, uh, which is surprising to me as well as you. Uh, Rob is on 20 points and I am on 13. I hope for your sake
2: then you get some points this week because that gap is a growing.
4: Indeed. Thankfully, yeah, you're choosing the song this week. So I'm going to play along. You, of course, can play along at
2: home too. So um, shall we do it, Rob? Yeah, for the first time this week, for James and all of you listening, here's this week's one second song.
4: Ooh, ooh, at first, well, I say at first, during the first half second, I wasn't sure, during the last half second, I think it's ringing a bell. I don't think I'll get
2: four points, but I kind of know what it is. And as a result, you gave us... Your favourite orangutan impression, which was really good. (laughs) Or is it just the ooh? (laughs) Ooh, ooh. (laughs) I enjoyed Uh, it very much. Do you want it again? uh,
4: Yes, please. Let's have it one more time.
2: Okay, so we've already established that you need some points this week. There are four points on offer for the name of the song, the name of the artist, the year in which it was performed, and the country that that song was representing. You said yourself you don't think you're going to get the four, but I'm confident of any points at all. You can see that I've now got my head in my hand because although I recognised
4: it, I can't now pinpoint a single atom of its being.
2: So you know that it existed and you know that the song was at Eurovision and that's about where you're at with it at the moment.
4: Okay, let me give you some confidence around the fact that it was 2013. Okay. That was a very straight face, Bob, Are you giving much away? And I think... Do I have my wires crossed? Is it by Alex? Again, you're not giving much away here. And the song has a title that begins with a K. It's like Ked Vashem. Or is that just a song lyric? And the country... Again, I can't be certain. So I'm going to say something like, as it was at the time, the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. Oh thought you were getting the four oh no have i hit the post or something yeah
2: you've hit the post with a country oh you got three though it was by alex eurovision 2013 with his song for hungary ah oh, man man i'm pleased with the three let's have a listen
4: Yeah, I'm pleased with the three points there. At first, I really thought I was going to get nothing. Yeah, but three points to bring me up to within three points of you now. Is
2: that right? No, not at all. Right, at all. No, how would that be right?
4: Within four points of view
2: then. <laughs> Correct. So what happened there is you struggled to add some very small numbers together. <laughs> yes, indeed. You're four points behind. So the score is now mid-20, you 16. I'm not even going to ask you to try and work out what The Tenuous Link is, because I've butchered The Tenuous Link, and I'll tell you what I intended to do, and then I'll tell you what happened, shall I? Okay, go on then. Right, so what I thought I'd do, obviously it was going to be Loreen inspired, the One Second song, this week. So what what I did was, I looked at Loreen's last participation in Melfest, which was in 2017. As we know full well, she was knocked out in the second chance round by Anton Hagman. Now, where did he finish in Melfest in 2017? When he got through to the final, he finished in 10th. So, James, my intention was then to pick the one-second song, which was the song that came 10th in the grand final in 2017 what four years old? <laughs> but what happened was i accidentally <laughs> went to 2013 instead because i mean obviously there is still a Larin connection that contest in malmo as a result of lorraine winning with euphoria but yeah for some reason i just picked 2013 instead uh if you had had the one second song that i was intending uh you would have had uh joust and craft the moment norway 2017 which I definitely would have gotten. Uh, I definitely would have gotten four points there. So I'm a bit gutted you, you, you got the, the connection wrong. Never mind me. Yeah. So just a, a, a pure memory lapse then when I was picking the one second song. However, I still feel slightly better about it because you got three points. So it's not all bad.
4: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, But you can extend your lead next week where I'll be choosing the one second song. So uh, yeah, it's squeaky bum time. Is that say?
2: It's all right. Still, pl- still plenty of weeks left between now and the end of the season. Don't you worry about that. Absolutely, yeah. We are
4: still going to be here with you every single Wednesday in the run-up to the Eurition Song Contest. And for the next few Mondays as well, of course, we'll be back on Monday for your brand new episode of Melfest Monday, where we'll be reacting to the fourth and final heat, all the reaction to Lorene's participation, and looking ahead to the semi-final final. So until we're back with you again, make sure you uh, keep in touch with us online. Send us all of your Lorraine thoughts, all of your stupid things you've done for the Eurovision Song Contest. We are online at Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and you can see some behind-the-scenes videos over on TikTok as well. Hello at EuroTrippodcast.com on the email, and read all of our exclusive stories on EuroTrippodcast.com. Make sure as well you subscribe, leave us a review, and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's Goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye. Whether you're looking for Dorados' dancing doppelgangers, ABBA's extra... Isn't it Dorados? What did I say? Dorados. Um, I don't think there's a difference, really. Isn't it Dorados? Well, it's like, is it Victor Kroon? Is it Victor Corona? Yeah, no, it's just swings around, right not it?
0: Planning for your next trip?